Hello everyone and welcome to your podcast, Sharing Sweat Equity, a business podcast hosted by your El Paso Hispanic Chamber of Commerce and the Minority Women's Enterprise Diversity Center. I am Idali Tiscareño, your host for the show. And before we get started, let us take care of some quick housekeeping items. If you're looking for commercial real estate in El Paso, reach out to our friends at Epicenter at 915-532-3456. They have locations all over El Paso. Also, a very special shout out to Sun Carpets for sponsoring our podcast room. And without further ado, please enjoy today's episode. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. Our webinar for today, our topic is Women in Non-Traditional Occupations. My name is Idali Tiscareño. I'm the Marketing Specialist for the Women's Business Border Center and ETA Center of your El Paso Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. I do want to introduce our speakers for today. Um, let me start with Ms. Rosa Santana. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Great, thank you. So I do want to talk a little bit about what you do, Ms. Rosa. Rosa Santana, a recognized human capital solutions expert, is a founder and chief executive of Santana Group, a group of companies providing innovative outsourcing solutions to organizations across all industries. Santana is a fearless leader who harnesses her passion to successfully create and develop companies through impeccable client service and innovative business solutions. Santana also positively impacts each of the communities she serves through participation on several business and nonprofit boards. Under her direct vision and strategic development, each company under the Santana Group, including Integrated Human Capital, Workforce Management Mexico, Diversa, Forma Automotive, and Oviana, continues to achieve annual profitable growth. So, Ms. Rosa Santana, it's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much for joining us. I know it was kind of last minute, but we are so grateful. Welcome. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Thank you. And now I'd like to introduce the one and only Letty, Leticia Markham. And Letty, she is one of a kind. She's one of the few women representing the Southwest Texas and New Mexico building and construction trade unions. She has over 15 years of experience and is committed to the development of El Paso, Texas. She was born and raised in El Paso. She is a business manager and the financial secretary of the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers and the president of the El Paso Building Trades. So, Ms. Letty, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? Good. Thank you for inviting me. Of course, of no. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you both here, uh, both with different backgrounds. Let me go ahead and stop sharing my screen here so we can get started. Here we go. All right. So like I say, thank you so much for joining us. Both of you have extensive knowledge in your industries, different, but connected at the same time. So let's get started. I know, um, Ms. Letty, you work with, you know, a lot of the electricians, the labor union. You were mentioning to me that you actually work with over 500 males and only about 10 females in the you know, uh, electrical industry. How has that been uh, managing such a different, you know, not really balanced um, team? How has that been for you? Well, it, it, it's challenging, uh, but I think, uh, I say it's challenging, but it, it, it can be uh, a good thing and it can be a bad thing because um, as long as that myself, that I show them that I knowing my, my, my expertise as a business manager and being able to represent them and being here for them, being here for them to assist them in negotiations or any, any uh, issue or concern and be able to represent them um, 
you know, they, you know, they'll, they'll come around, you know, but the majority are, are uh, very supportive and, and great, uh, how do you, great to, to work with as electricians. And of course, you're going to have some of your bad, but um, that's what makes it challenging for me. Definitely. I can see that being a challenge, but I feel even you being a female, of course, and working in a male dominated industry and representing that small portion of females, I think, I mean, that is, uh, can be a breath of relief for them. Um, So let's go to, let's start from the beginning. And Ms. Rosa, this question can be directed to you. And it's, um, so in conferences and other seminars, we have learned that having a mentor is imperative to success. It can lead you down the right path and even help you make connections. So talk to us about who your mentor was um, and how it shaped you as a businesswoman. I know you have years and years of knowledge. You started so many companies. So let's go back to when you started, maybe when you were a student, when you were barely starting your first company. What was that like? Who was your mentor and how did it shape you? So that's an interesting question, and I'm happy to to, uh, answer that. So I I have to say that my first mentor in life was my mother, of course, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Hardworking, dedicated, passionate, tremendous amount of integrity. And so those are some of the values that she instilled in in myself and in my brothers, right? And so, and my older sister, I should say. Um, When I started my career um, in... uh, a long time ago, <laughs> many years ago. You don't have to disclose the, I was, the year. <laughs> I, was a young, I was a young professional beginning um, my career and I was hired into the staffing industry by a woman who led the El Paso region for a, an international staffing company. And she kind of took me under her wing. Her name is Trish Hart. Uh, she took me under her wing um, with no experience, no, uh, no knowledge really of the industry, uh, but a lot of passion and a lot of desire to succeed. Took me under her wing and truly taught me the ropes. And when I said she, uh, when I tell you she taught me the ropes, she became, she became my mentor uh, in everything I did work-wise. She taught me how to sell. She taught, taught me how to service clients. You know, I, I already have the, had the passion that I still have today. And, uh, and I had the great desire to be of service to companies. But uh, it, it took someone to take me by the hand and teach me what this certain industry was, right? In, in my instance, it was staffing. And uh, so she decided she was going to... Um, uh, grow the market in El Paso and we quickly grew that market about a year and a half after I started she took a big promotion and they moved her to Allentown Pennsylvania and I wasn't quite ready to become the leader at that point so they transferred somebody else in and um, she kind of you know tagged her and said look I've done what I could do with Rosa. Your job is to take her to the next step and have her be the market manager. So we opened up a second office in El Paso and I became the resident branch manager of that office. And, and literally within a year, the next manager, Pam Edwards, moved on. Uh, they moved her to Florida and I uh, was given the opportunity to run that market. So as you can see, I mean, it shaped who I became as a leader, 
uh, and as a, a mentor to many other women, right? So a, as I went along, I, you know, I grew that market incredibly and uh, had tremendous, tremendous success opened up Mexico for, for Kelly services and, uh, and continued to grow. And, and when I became, uh, uh, I don't want to say bored, but when I became stagnant, because, you know, we kept growing, I had a phenomenal team that was taking care of my markets. Um, they allowed me to mentor other market managers. So I kind of flew around Texas and mentored many other managers. So mentoring is around me always. I, I seem to volunteer myself to mentor people when I see something in them, right? Uh, so that's uh, that's how it's shaped me. Awesome. That's a that's a great answer, Ms. Rosa. And actually, yeah. that can take us up to our next question. Our next uh, uh, my little question here is, what do you? How do you um, pinpoint when you see potential in someone, especially in a woman? How do you nurture? that potential and um, as a mentor yourself now that you've become a mentor? So, you know, um, what's really important is to understand what are people looking for, right? When we hire people, um, and you know, it's, it's I, I wanna say that I always wanna hire women, right? But, uh, but I wanna make sure that everybody knows and understands that even though that could be what we all want to do, we really have to be fair and we have to hire the best qualified people for the job, right? Most of the time it's women, what can I say? <laughs> but uh, so, so one of the things that we do and something that I've always um, uh, just done is ask people, what do you wanna do? You know, what do you see yourself in the next three, five, 10 years? Because that's kind of where you understand and learn where they really want to be and believe it or not there are people that want to be in the same place for a very long time and that's quite okay because we need those people in our businesses too right we need that longevity we need that continuity right there but uh, when people say i want to be you you know in your next company i i love it i right. truly love it and 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 so my job is to ensure that our human resources folks, our operations folks, get this person prepared. Maybe not to be me, but you know, because mm -hmm. it took a long time to create who I've become, right? Definitely. But, but to get on that path, and we actually have uh, career development plans in our organizations where when somebody is, uh, is identified or raises their hand and says, I wanna be uh, you know, a leader in this organization, we actually map out a plan for them. And so many of my folks in our organizations uh, have become leaders through that process. That's great. That is a great process to have. And um, so going back to, you know, sometimes there is this um, systematic, uh, I don't want to say sexism, but, you know, to sound politically correct, but Ms. Uh, Leticia Letty, in your industry, and that takes me to my next question, there have been many uh, studies that highlight the drastic comparison between men and women in the workplace. Um, one of these state that women are less likely to be hired on entry-level positions, even though they do earn more uh, bachelor's degree, you know, currently, and have the same attrition rate. So as a woman in your leadership role, has this ever affected your professional career? And how do you ensure that it is not the case in your company or business? So when you were first starting and how you 
got to where you are now? Did you ever experience this? And how do you, what do you do to ensure that doesn't happen, especially in your industry where it's very, very heavily male dominated? Well, I'm going to use myself as an example on that. I mean, the way Rosa was just speaking about how she's been a mentor. I mean, I see myself as being the one learning from her, you know, because I had a great mentor myself and, um, and using myself as an example, you know, I am the first female in the construction industry as a business manager and, uh, and, you know, showing them that if I can do it, you know, I started as a part-time secretary here, moved my way up to just an admin and then moved my way up to an office manager and now as a business manager. So, you know, hopefully them see me that if she can do it, anybody can do it. So um, I hope I'm, I'm one of those that can encourage a, a female to, to continue, you know, uh, to be part of a, wanting to be a business manager, wanting to be in a, leader, in a leadership role. Definitely, yes. And I mean, I can speak to for myself as well. I'm a, you know, a recent graduate, not even two years ago from my bachelor's degree. And uh, I, I see how having a mentor and seeing women in leadership roles, ex, you know, in, inspires us. Here at the El Paso Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, we have about we're a small group, so maybe 20 employees and mostly women. So it's definitely inspiring. Um, and seeing both of you, you know, in your leadership roles and how you inspire and you, like Ms. Rosa said, hire mainly women because, you know, they're, um, they have the capabilities. So definitely uh, having you as leaders believing in women is very, very much important. And going back to the mentorship, Ms. Rosa, uh, let me say, did you have a mentor? Um, do you still have one? And do you? Yes. 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 So when, so my ex-business manager, and I'm going to say his name, Mr. Javier Casas, uh, I was like Rosa, I came in, and I, I'm a, I'm a divorcee. Uh, you know, it just happened that they were looking for a part-time worker. Here I come, apply was, you know, got accepted for, for the position, um, didn't know anything, like she was saying, you know, uh, but little by little, you know, him believing in me and me asking questions and me wanting to know more, um, he saw that in me, um, him encouraging me to go get my bachelor's degree in business management, um, how do you call it, um, giving me, delegating more duties to me, that duties that were his duties, but, you know, believing in that I can uh, take over those duties. In these positions, we travel a lot, and, mm -hmm. and for him to, like, leave those duties behind while he travels. And to this day, he has gone on and moved up to the international level. And to this day, he's my mentor. Uh, he, he's in town. He comes around, and um, he's just a phone call away, and I am very grateful to him and uh, believing in me that, that I can uh, succeed in this position. Definitely, no, that is great. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Oh, well, if I may add, you know, when, when it comes to, uh, to this, I think one thing that's really important is that we, we state our desire, right? We, we have to be hungry for, for these positions that may not be the norm for women, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, and we have to tell people, hey, I can do it. And, and, and I think if we tell enough people, they might start listening, right? I, I will tell you a little story about myself and, and something very interesting. 
as an entrepreneur, right? So I had already climbed the corporate world and was in the corporate world for 20 years. And then I went off and started doing my own thing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and building relationships is something that's, you know, uh, for me, critical. And, and of course, right now through COVID, it's very, very difficult, right? How do you build relationships? So you got to do these kinds of things. Right. But thank goodness what I, what I'm going to about to tell you happened, you know, about six years ago for us, but through building relationships with uh, Toyota here in San Antonio uh, over 10 years, think about this, right? So for 10 years, I was knocking on their doors, trying to, trying to sell them staffing services and uh, in one way, shape or form, you know, trying to get them to use our services and they did they used us you know for this that whatever but many of their suppliers also used our staffing services um, and one day i get this phone call asking us if we want to be a tier one supplier to them and i because this is how we're we're um this is how we think right mm -hmm. i'm thinking oh they're going to give me a big staffing contract right well guess what they asked me to become their the first direct supplier the first hispanic woman direct tier one supplier to toyota which means the first latina to ever build parts to go in their vehicles i mean that is you know that's something that i wear proudly yes you should you it really yes. does show you that uh, it can be done and we can do it but we've got to be, you know, we've got to be intentional in what we ask for when we're talking to them. You know, yeah, of course, I'm talking to them about staffing. But at the end of the day, what do you want to talk to me about? Right. Mm -hmm. I open myself up for those conversations and uh, and and I allow them to see how I operate my business. It's not necessarily just this business, but I, you know, if I can do it here, I can do it anywhere. So I thought I'd share that because. These are these things do happen. These opportunities come along. Do they come along? You know, often, uh, probably not often enough. But if it happened to me, it can happen to anybody else, like Letty says. Definitely, yes. and actually, they want to touch on that point. So you know, first Hispanic, first woman, and you said it yourself. Ten years to build that relationship and to be offered that opportunity, and. Let me ask you this. Do you think being a woman in, the, in that industry, you had to fight extra harder as opposed to being on the other side of the uh, spectrum, um, you know, being a male um, in this industry, you would have been given that opportunity maybe in less time. What do you think made that difference? So I think the difference to them was the fact that I'm hungry, right? Mm -hmm. I'm hungry, I'm passionate, I know my business, I know how to run a business, and people watch you. You know, I learned that they were watching me for a few years before they even came to me. So think about that, right? When, we, when we're running a business, just like when we're an employee somewhere, we should watch what we do and tread carefully always. Uh, not necessarily be someone that you're not, but, you know, act, um, properly, um, mm. uh, you know what I'm talking about. And, and, and so, so that because people do notice, right? Definitely. And uh, am I perfect? Absolutely not, right? Is my team perfect? Absolutely not. But I will tell you the things that they noticed. And I asked them when they called me and, uh, and uh, talked to me about the opportunity, I said, why did you pick me? <laughs> right? Because, I mean, it's like, it's not traditional, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, they said a few right. things. They said, we like you. 
we trust you. But trust is a huge thing, right? Right. We know you run your business um, well, and you run it with, uh, with a continuous improvement mindset. In other, in other words, you're always looking to see what you can do that's better for your clients. That's critical. That's important, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and the most important thing is to tell them what you're doing, right? Mm -hmm. You can be doing anything you want in your, in your business, but if you don't share it with anybody, well, it's not going to make any difference, right? And, uh, and we know you know how to run a business. I mean, like, you know, the, the back office, the front office, the financial piece, all of it. The rest mm -hmm. we can teach. Mm -hmm. The rest they can teach, they could teach me. So think about it. They took a chance and said, hey, they look like they can probably, you know, take whatever skill sets they have and transition them over to a, a new industry if we help them some. So they helped us tremendously. And talk about... Uh, mentoring right we were just talking about it we brought on the, you know other mentors some of the other suppliers said i'll mentor her i'll mm -hmm. help her we'll mm -hmm. do it and it's amazing what will happen you mm -hmm. know it's yes. so yes. it's important to share those stories definitely important and um Ms. Lydia, i think you had a comment uh before no 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 i no no i, I was just uh who were you asking that question to? Okay, gotcha. Um, okay. She hit it right in the money. You gotta have passion. <laughs> you gotta believe in you, and that's—I mm -hmm. mean, she hit it right to the T. <laughs> That's well, right. perfect. And actually, before we continue, I forgot to mention at the beginning of our webinar, and I do apologize to our attendees coming in. Uh, welcome again, uh, all of our viewers, attendees, and our Facebook uh, live viewers as well. Uh, please make sure if you have any questions for our speakers today, use the bottom of the panel, our Q&A section. You can submit your questions. I will be reading, it, reading them to our speakers at the end of our uh, little discussion here. Uh, you can choose to be anonymous, or if you're feeling brave, you can put your name. Uh, it's up to you and also on our Facebook live please make sure to leave your uh, questions on the Facebook comment section uh, I do have a staff member on standby reading those questions to me okay so just a little FYI before we continue here with our discussion and so we're talking about women in non-traditional occupations to our people that are coming in welcome uh, talking about women in non-traditional occupations we have Ms. Rosa Santana and Ms. Leticia Markham and let's move on to what you were saying that sometimes you know being a woman in, in these industries you have to fight a little bit harder and have a little bit more passion um, so let's talk about what pre-made assumptions have affected the way your career has been built how it has uh, affected the way you move up the corporate ladder and what you've been having to fight off. So Ms. Levy, do you have a, a comment to go off on that? Well, like for me being in a dominant world of men, mm -hmm. uh, that women are not seen as strong women. Women are not seen as leaders. Women are not seen as, I mean, I got comments like, Ugh, a female business manager, what is she gonna be doing, you know? Um, that you know, uh, yes, we we could do the job. We we, we could just be just side by side with them. And I think uh, me being in this position, almost as a business manager, almost five years, I think I've proven myself, and um, and still have to prove myself. And and um, but but I, I'm I'm always up for the challenge. I'm, yeah, I'm I always think, up for the challenge. Bring it on. I think that's the important part too 
you know, have the will to fight against those assumptions. What about you, Ms. Rosa? What do you have to say? Oh, I think one of the most challenging things about sexism in the workplace is how covert mm -hmm. it is, right? So yes. it's not always black and white, as you all know. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you may not have a supervisor or higher up directly saying you don't qualify for this position because you're a woman. But instead, you might be passed up for the role of a fa in favor of a man, right? Mm -hmm. And so I, I want to tell you all a story that of, of something that happened to me in my very first job. So um, I was uh, 14 years old, 13 mm -hmm. or 14, and I worked at an A and W. Uh, you you are probably too young, Idali. <laughs> uh, Letty, I'm not sure, but you might or may not remember. Uh, so the, the A&Ws were like what today are, um, I'm trying to think of those drive-ins that you go up and, and you order your... Uh, like a Sonic? Like a Sonic, oh, like yeah. a Sonic. But, but we, used to, we used to be car hops, right? Mm -hmm. so, so I was actually on roller skates. How fun! I mean, yeah, it was fun. It was crazy <laughs> on roller skates, and we'd serve the food. We'd bring out the food, and people would sit there and listen to music, and it was really interesting. So, so at that age, that was my first job, and and we didn't own a car in my family. So we, my brothers, my three older brothers, one of them had to walk me to work, which mm -hmm. was probably a couple two and a half miles maybe, mm -hmm. and then at eleven o'clock at night when I got off of uh, off of work one of them had to go pick me up so they'd have to walk there and walk back right mm -hmm. very interesting traditional you know mm -hmm. uh, families so um one day my boss says to me and my male boss uh says to me uh rosita i need to talk to you and i said oh, okay you know after after the shift i need to talk to you and i said okay and and he said look you're making a lot of money on tips and it's not fair to everybody else he said, so um, I'm going to have to take your tips away if I'm going to continue to pay you, you know, the minimum wage, you know. I mean, think about this. I was 13, 14 years old, right? And uh, I was like, why? You know, of course, why? Why? Why are you doing this to me? You can't do this to me. You know, in my own mind, I'm, you know, you cannot do this to me and you will not do this to me, right? He says, well, next paycheck, I'm warning you, this is what's going to happen because I did make more tips. But you know why I did? because I worked my behind off and I provided excellent service. So of course they were going to tip me more, right? Yeah, you were. And you know, and of course the, the, the faster you served them and they left, the more that would come in and you know, people knew me. Mm -hmm. I had been there a few weeks, they knew me. So they'd come, you know, and mm -hmm. wanted to be served by me. So anyway, my brother picks me up that night. We go home, right? And we walk home and then I get home and I tell my mom the story. And my mom didn't speak any English. Mm -hmm. And uh, she was so mad. He said, pues, ¿quién se crece viejo? <laughs> you know, what does he think he's doing to you, you know? Mm -hmm. Anyway, the next day she says, I'm going to walk you to work today. And uh, I said, okay, mom. And, <laughs> and so we get there, you know, and, and they say, a ver, dime quién es el jefe aquí. <laughs> mm -hmm. Tell me who the boss is here, right? right. So that's it. Yes. He let him have it. She told him, you will not do this to my daughter. You better pay her and continue to pay her. And, and he started arguing with my mother and my, and, and my mother said, you know what? I just, she's, she's not gonna work here anymore. So she quit my job for me. And oh my we goodness. Walked, we walked back home. So talk about an instance where something crazy happened, right? I mean, yes. was, but think about, you know, 
my mom and her righteousness and her understanding, you're not going to put up with this. And he can't do this to you. And in fact, I'm going to hurt him. I'm going to take you home with him. (laughs) And I'm taking you home. You're not going to work here anymore. So I thought I'd share that story because it's important for us to know and understand, right? What, what is right and what is wrong. And, uh, and of course that wouldn't happen today, right? This was so many years ago. Mm -hmm. That wouldn't happen today. Or maybe it would, I don't know. Maybe it would. Maybe it would, but you know what? Nowadays, the manager will probably bring out his phone and record you and be like, I'm going to put you on Facebook Live or something. <laughs> I would record yeah. Think about it. Oh, really? Yeah. Let me record yeah. you telling me you're not going to take my tips away. <laughs> exactly. No, no, it's different. But no, that's a, that's a perfect story and a perfect segue yeah. to my next question, which is, should we or do you believe that women should or should not allow their emotions to play a part in their decision making like with miss um rosa's mom you know she allowed herself to you know get uh get in that position to no you're not gonna let my you know do this to my to my daughter should we allow that should we encourage it um what do you have to say miss letty do you have a, a comment on that no i would say no Never encourage your emotions, especially me, myself here in this dominant men yeah. world again. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, especially when it comes, to, I'm going to use like negotiations for an example, or uh, discussing a contract or discussing a new contractor coming in, needing manpower, you know, sometimes you like, you know, your emotions want to get the best or, you know, well, maybe we can work with this, but you're like, no, we're going to do what's best for our electricians. Uh, no, I would say no. Well, at least for me, no. My answer is no. Um, no, no. <laughs> Definitely. What about you, Ms. Rosa? What do you, what do you so, think? You know, I believe a good decision is good regardless of com- how you come to it, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, sometimes I wonder if, you know, what seems to be emotion for women are what we all think of as instinct for men, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you think about it, that, that's probably one of those implicit biases. And, mm-hmm. and um, I think it's, it's important to trust your instincts. And, and you know, as an, entrepre- and as an entrepreneur in particular, I do that a lot. Mm-hmm. I do that quite a bit. And uh, I don't think that it's ever backfired on me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, our feelings... Uh, that instinct is just a feeling and our feelings are our emotions, of course, right? Um, If you think about it, men make decisions based on this and women in similar positions shouldn't be held accountable to a different standard. So, you know, if you, you know, when you think about emotions, you know, emotions mean a lot, right? Um, But, you know, when, if you think about what happens with women when we get upset, when we, you know, when we sit with another woman and talk about performance or, or, you know, issues or concerns, you know, a lot of times we end up crying, right, as women, or we get that emotional that, you know, that we end up crying. And, and men love to, and I don't want to say every man, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but a lot of men almost want to, you know, get to the point where, you know, that happens and, and that's not good, right? And it's not necessarily appropriate. And, and again, you know, I think it's important 
important that you know we feel good about what how we came to the decisions and and how we're using our emotions so not necessarily you know um the emotion of of crying right mm -hmm. definitely so with yeah <laughs> ladies like no no crying <laughs> no crying aloud but no with both of your answers i think we can uh, agree that there has to be a balance uh, when it comes to how we um, show, because it is different with, with women. I mean, it's scientifically proven. We have different you know, hormones, different uh, the brain, uh, the way it works. So, but there definitely has to be that balance. Um, and I, I completely agree with both of you. And moving on to our next- uh, Idali, can I say one thing? Of course. I, I, don't want, I, I didn't mean to say that men like to see women crying. <laughs> no. I want to make sure that I correct that. What I want to say is that, you know, when men talk to women, we tend to want to cry because mm -hmm. we, we tend to take it as a personal, you know, attack or something like that. And not that they enjoy it and not that they want to do that, but we, because of our emotions, allow ourselves to experience that. That's what I meant to say. Definitely. No, it makes sense. Um, it can be something that is automatic. It's an automatic reaction sometimes even. So I uh, know that makes perfect sense. And like I said, uh, moving on to our next question, and it, it, it has a little bit to do with that. So when it comes to, you know, climbing the ranks in your career, what has been the challenges and the biggest compromises when it comes to being a woman? You know, the traditional woman it has, uh, you know, married, has children, cooks at home, does laundry every day, etc. Um, I don't know much about your personal, uh, you know, lives, but what you do, and you don't have to share that, of course. But how do you see this topic? Are there sacrifices that need to be made when it comes to women working in non-traditional occupations, or not even having to do with non-traditional occupations, just the women in general working eighty hours um, biweekly? What What do you think? And that can be any of you. Do you want to answer that first, or would you, you would like for me to? Go ahead. I, I, I know I'm part of this panel, but I'm really enjoying listening to you too. <laughs> you're, you're inspiring me just by listening to you. So well, thank I'm, you. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying listening to you. I'm, I'm glad I'm part of this panel with you. Great. Really. So am I. Thank you. <laughs> so I will share with you, um, you know, many sacrifices, of course, right? Uh, and really, it's how you see them, you know, and, and how, you, how, how you take them, right? Uh, and, and what I mean by that is, you know, to me, a sacrifice is an opportunity, right? Um, I, I raised my two daughters um, who are now in business and extremely successful businesswomen helping me run my businesses. I raised them on my own, um, I, you know, pretty much. I... I uh, I was a mother and the father to them. And, and that's a lot of work in itself, right? All while I was climbing the corporate ladder uh, and, and trying to provide my girls and my children, you know, the two girls that I have, um, a better life than I had, right? Uh, and, and I didn't have a bad life, you know, we were very poor and, and I, I never felt like I was poor, you know, because I had a lot of love and uh, I never lacked for anything. I mean, I had whatever clothes I needed, but yes, I started growing up. I wanted better things and I wanted more things and I wanted a car and all of that. Things that I had to work for because my mom could not afford 
to uh, provide them for me. So I always worked really, really hard to try to provide better for my girls than what I had. So um, the sacrifices were, you know, you still have to do all the things as a mother uh, and a father and, uh, and the person that takes them to the games and to this and to that, right? Mm -hmm. And I was running a business and trying to be the best at that business, right? So, so, then, so then I left the corporate world. Now my girls are a little older and in college and, and, uh, and I pulled one of my daughters to help me start my business. And, uh, and so that's another sacrifice, right? That not only she did, but I did as well. So there are so many, many sacrifices, but you know, in the end, if, if you feel like you're doing them for the right reasons, then uh, the payoff is great, right? So, uh, you know, when the second one graduated from college, she came straight into work with us, you know? And, and, and I have to tell you that they didn't come in here to, you know, and started as business right. owners. Mm -hmm. They started where everybody else starts, right? And, uh, and they grew up into the positions that they hold today uh, in leadership roles. So, so those are kind of the sacrifices, you know, many, many long nights. And, you know, and, and I tell you, when I started in the industry, my girls were little, very little. Mm -hmm. So they spent a lot of nights uh, at my office uh, working with me nights and weekends. So my entire staff knew my kids mm -hmm. because it was, let's go pick up a happy meal and let's go to the office. We're going to work, you know, <laughs> we got to take care of our customers. So you do what you got to mm -hmm. do. Definitely. And that actually reminds me of our CEO. You uh, heard of Cindy Ramos Davidson. Um, she always says that her daughter has 20 plus years of experience in the chamber world, but that's because she was also here most of the time and it's uh, the same way. So uh, definitely I can understand how challenges uh, can be opportunities. So Ms. Letty, how about you? Have you experienced those challenges as well? What can you relate? What, uh, what's your comment on that? Yes, very sim uh, similar to uh, Ms. Rosa, um, single parent, uh, myself, father, mother. Um, I was a Navy veteran. I married a, a, a Navy veteran now. And uh, of course, you know, things don't work out. So I moved back home. Mm -hmm. My daughter was in sixth grade. Uh, I, luckily, I got this job part time. Um, Pushed me, you know, the, the, my ex-business manager, the people that worked here back then, the staff, you got to go to school, you got to go to school, Letty, and going to school at nights, working during the day, and uh, slowly, you know. Uh, so here at our IBW, we also own a ballroom, a dance ballroom, oh, okay. and that's on the side of us. We're on a three-acre, mm -hmm. and, um, and again, my ex-business manager, you know, we became our own managers, and all like, Letty, you... I think you can run it. You got that personality. You can bring the people in. So I started working at the ballroom, trying to make some extra money. And um, so I was working six days a week. I would open the hall. You know, when they want to practice for quinceanera practice, you got to mm -hmm. stay okay Tuesday, stay late. So here you go. And then the day of the event, you got to open the ballroom two hours early so that way it can set up and all the way till past two because after the event's done at one, you still got to stay up and so I was like, I mean, working 70, 80 hours, uh, but to me, the sacrifice that I did that I was able to put my daughter through school with no student loan or nothing, I was able to pay her school, and to me, that was a, a big plus for me, 
and she just recently graduated from UTEP and and um, I, I I wouldn't change it again. Long nights, uh, stressful, very stressful, uh, dealing just with the people, with the customers, and then still working over here at the union side and dealing with other stuff here. Uh, but uh, I wouldn't change it for the world. If I could, if I have to do it again, I would do it again. Congratulations. Uh, yes. yes, congratulations and thank you for your service, Lydia. Yeah, I did not know that, but thank you for your service. And I mean, just like Ms. Rosa said, these challenges really become opportunities. And at the end, I mean, it's, it's worth it. And that's something that I have yeah. to remind myself sometimes, <laughs> currently in my position, okay. right? Um, but actually, you know what? I've been losing track of time because, I mean, this conversation has been so insightful. And let me uh, remind everyone, our attendees, we're moving on to our Q&A um, uh, section of the discussion. So if you have any questions for our speakers today, please click on the Q&A button at the bottom of your screen and submit your questions. Also, if you are watching us on Facebook Live, use the Facebook comment section to leave your questions as well. We'll be answering on Facebook Live as well. Um, so let me just move on to our last question here that I have. So Ms. Letty, what advice would you give to women starting in male-dominated industry? What is the one piece of advice maybe you wish you had when you were, you were first starting? A piece of advice that don't let men intimidate the female always goes with a straight up forward. If you got a, a plan, if you believe that you can do whatever position, you know, I, I would stick to that. I would not let a man, nobody, nobody, not even a female, man or female. Uh, if you know you can do it, you believe in yourself, you can do it, you got the passion to do it, go for it. I, I solely, and that is so me. I'm a challenger, I like challenges. When people challenge me more, it makes me wanna, oh, you know, <laughs> tell them even more, makes me wanna even like, okay, well, I, I think I can do this or come up with a better strategy or a better idea. And yeah, that's, I like that. I strive for that because Definitely. I don't like complaining. Perfect. So I would tell them, go for it, go for it. And like me in this position, you know, I want to be, I want to be a mentor, encourage females to come on I and mean, like, Hey, she can do it. Anybody can do it. And I wish we could see more female uh, leaders in, in the construction industry. Definitely. Yes, ma'am. What about you, Ms. Rosa? What would you, what piece of advice do you want to leave the uh, woman that wants to start her own business that is, uh, you know, getting there? What, what is the one piece of advice? So I think, um, you know, plan your business, right? So, so know that you, you know that what you want to do is what you really want to do, right? I think, um, before acting, you must plan. And, uh, you know, one of my favorite models is plan, plan your work and work your plan. Plan your work and work your plan. That is really, really critical, right? A um, couple of other things, right? Get certified. If you're a woman, mm -hmm. um, there's a National Women's uh, Enterprise National uh, Council, Women's Enterprise National Council, mm -hmm. um, that, that certifies women as women business owners. Uh, you guys, you just talked about the three uh, centers you all have. Mm -hmm. Take advantage of those resources, right? And, and get certified through your centers. Uh, there's also the National Minority Supplier Development Council, which if you're a woman, 
and you're a minority, an ethnic minority, uh, in your case, uh, uh, Letty, you know, get certified as a veteran, right? Anybody that, that you know, is all, has, you know, uh, given their service to our country, uh, get certified as a, as a veteran-owned company, get certified as a minority-owned company. Those certifications have been critical to the success that we've seen, critical. So that's what I would. Plan your work, work your plan, get certified through any and all uh, organizations that you can. Yes, definitely. And just to echo on that, uh, yeah, the WBC here at the El Paso Spanish Chamber does all of that as well as the MBDA, depending on what um, level in your business you are. So definitely contact us. Thank you for mentioning that, Ms. <laughs> Ms. Rosa. <laughs> Alrighty, so thank you so much, ladies. Now we're gonna go ahead and move on to our Q&A. So we do have some questions coming in from um, our viewers. And let me pull those up here. All right, so our very first question is from a viewer here on Zoom. And they are asking, have you ever been put down by a man that you work with and how did you handle it? So who wants to take a stab at this? Ms. Letty, yeah, yeah there we go. Well, by, by a contractor, he, mm -hmm. he said to me, you're the worst thing that's ever happened to, to, to being in this position. Oh my goodness. And more, I loved it. So yes, you know, yes I have and, and I still have to deal with him and and I love it when I have to see him face to face on a meeting, whether it's a board of trustees meeting or an apprenticeship trustees meeting, because he has to see my face all the time sitting <laughs> across me. And I love it. So, you know, uh, yes, yes, I have. Uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's it's pretty tough out there. You got to have a thick skin. So, yeah, definitely. So <laughs> Well, for me, I say that uh, fortunately, I've not seen that since uh, since I became uh, since I went into the business world. Mm -hmm. But I told the story about when I was thirteen or fourteen and what right. happened. To me, right. Mm -hmm. So uh, fortunately, whatever thick skin I built then, I still have today. And either I don't see it and I'm naive to it, or I just choose to ignore it because I'm laser focused on having success. Definitely. So, yes. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, that's a big part of being in that leadership role. You just have to stay focused and don't let those little comments uh, bug you, right? All right. I thank call you, it noise. Don't let the noise, noise. There yep. you go. <laughs> those mosquitoes. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our next question. Uh, they are asking, what are the three skills you need to make it in a male-dominant industry? Interesting. So who wants to take a step at this? The three main skills. In a male-dominated industry, mm -hmm. I think we've talked about having a thick skin, knowing, um, having a plan, right? Knowing where you want to, when, where you want to go, where you want to be. Yeah. So, so I think it's really, really important that uh, you understand the industry you're you're in, right? Mm -hmm. And educate yourself on that industry and become the best at that industry. Mm -hmm. um, I think you need to learn how to listen because, mm -hmm. you know, listening, we learn. And so I mentioned how many mentors volunteered mm -hmm. to mentor us. All of them were men. Uh, they were all males and they were amazing mentors, but we had to listen, right? Can't be too proud. Can't say, oh, I know it all because I knew nothing about manufacturing. Mm -hmm. um, so, so those two, and I think... Um, 
you know, you, you also need to ensure that you have a good relationship, you know, in, you know, with people in that industry, right? So if you're in manufacturing, you know, manufacturing engineers, manuf uh, uh, manufacturing organ related organizations, ensure that you become well versed on what not just your business or your company or your customers doing, but all, you know, industry, uh, you know, all manufacturing industry as well, if we're talking about that industry. Mm -hmm. Those would be the top three that I'd say. Perfect. Okay. I would say a passion, passion mm -hmm. and, uh, and be able to take the challenges, mm -hmm. you know, because you, you, every time when you're in these leadership, leadership roles, you want to make it better. How can you make it better? How can you improve it? And if you're willing to do that, I mean, nobody will have a problem. Mm -hmm. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much for answering those. And I actually have one coming from Facebook Messenger, and they are asking, what advice do you have for, young, for a young girl who wants to enter a male-dominant career or industry? My daughter wants to be a, me a mechanical engineer. Fantastic. Wow. And when she needs a job, I'll hire her. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I was going to say, I represent El Paso building trades, different trades, any trade. Iron worker, electrician, sheet metal worker, plumber. Uh, we have apprenticeship programs. They're paid for. Uh, when she's ready, uh, we, give, give me a call. We'll, we'll put her in. She wants to be in the construction world. There you go. You Anybody that? listening out there? That's right. So, so, so I think it's really important, right? You know, to follow your passion. Follow mm -hmm. that passion. And, and, you know, the rest will come. The rest will happen. Uh, there will be no problem with her finding uh, a good career, finding a good, you know, numerous employers uh, that would want to hire her. Uh, so I would say go for it. Definitely, I agree. And you see, this is all about making those connections. So, hey, you already have <laughs> some job offers there. Uh, thank you so much, ladies. Uh, so we have our next question coming in via Zoom. And it is, men claim we women are too emotional. How do you feel about that? And what would you say to someone that tells you that? So I think we kind of brushed up on, the, on this uh, question a little bit. But do you have any additional comments? How would you react to this comment? Whoever wants to take a stab at this. Let's see, Ms. Letty, do you have a comment? Well, I would just say, uh, like I say, you, you, can't let, you can't let your emotions... I mean, like Ms. Rosa said, you know, we are emotional, but when it comes to whether you're dealing with a contract or a business uh, agreement or, you know, discussing manpower or anything you, or uh, an issue with somebody, sometimes you can't let the emotion, uh, mm -hmm. you just, how do you see, you can't let the emotion uh, get in the way, mm -hmm. you know, whether compassionate with like with one of our employees that made a mistake or got himself in a situation and you, you have me as a female like I feel sorry like oh my god you know you just want to hug him and make it better but that's not so sometimes you got to put that aside and then you just got to guide him and and also you know like hey don't you do it again or something like that you know mm -hmm. I mean that's like in on my on my end as far as in the construction yes definitely side. So can you ask the question again? I want to make sure that I understood the question exactly. Uh, yes, let me go back here. 
Okay, so it says, men claim we women are too emotional. How do you feel about that? And what would you say to someone that tells you that? So men claim that we are too emotional. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know what we. Yeah, I'm not sure I want to talk about that. I think I already said, I already yeah, talked. Yeah, we touched on the too. subject already. Um, yeah. Definitely, we mentioned the balance. So we have to balance off everything. So and remember, remember what what we refer to as emotion in women, or for women, um, men could be could could think of that as instinct for them, right? Mm -hmm. So why can't it be the same for us? Mm -hmm. Definitely. And let me see here. So Ms. Letty, they're actually asking you a question uh, directly. Uh, they're saying, how do you control disobedient workers? Have you ever encountered problems where your workers simply won't listen? I am in charge of a team of men and they don't always follow my instructions to a T. Not sure if it's because I am a female. Yes, I have that issue all the time. But the good thing about being part of a union, like I said, we follow a bargaining agreement. So pretty much everything is self-explanatory in the agreement. So when they try not to listen, um, and I guess I haven't really had that problem because they seem to do listen to me, you know, uh, but you know, once in a situation and it's in a collective bargaining agreement, you know, you discuss it, uh, you know, right away some men, like she say, you know, they don't, they don't listen, but um, I always tell them, well, if you don't listen and they give you a layoff because you're not listening, you're not following directions, then don't be coming over here crying with me and saying, hey, you know, I don't have a job now or hey, they got rid of me, <laughs> you know. So you always try to, re uh, how do you say, reverse the role with them, you know, mm -hmm. and try to make them understand in a different way. But I'm very assertive, so tell her she needs to be assertive. Definitely. There you go. Uh, that's your uh, answer right there. And then I think we have one more question coming in via Zoom. And it is, are there people trying to take your position from you that don't, that, that don't think you deserve it just because you are a woman? How would that make you feel and how would you go about that? So I guess if, you know, anyone has ever thought you maybe don't deserve it because of, you know, being a woman, um, anyone have a comment on that? Ms. Letty? So my position is an elected position. So me as a business manager, I, I always ha I have to run to become a business manager. And I just won my second election uh, last year. And I did have a, 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 a person running against me, just the fact that he cannot get it through his head that there's a female here in mm -hmm. charge. And um, he tried everything. And and uh, when it came down to the election, the vote was 95 to like 20. So I think our members have spoken there that mm -hmm. um, they like what I'm doing and they like that I've been uh, doing a great job and, and uh, I'm still here. I want to so, congratulations. Yes. Ms. Uh, Rosa, do you have a comment on that? So, you know, uh, in business, right, as an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. Yes, there's people always trying to take my business, not my position, right? right. Uh, because if they want the position with all the responsibility and what it takes to, to have it, they can have my position. Right? <laughs> but, but from a business standpoint and from, you know, from the business that I do with my customers, absolutely. You know, uh, I, I can assure you that people say, 
uh, you know, or wonder, oh, well, how did she get, how is she selected to be the first woman direct tier one supplier to Toyota, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, guess what? I worked really hard at it and I was laser focused on what I wanted. Um, I ended up getting something different, better, different, that mm-hmm. truly helped me diversify my business. Uh, but at the end of the day, it was about those relationships that I built early on uh, mm-hmm. that helped me, you know, and helped them see me and see my team and my group and how we run our business, right? People want to do business with successful people. People want to do business with people who believe are going to help them be better. So uh, again, to me, that would be noise, right? Mm-hmm. That I don't ever pay attention to. If I'm going to have to worry about somebody trying to take my job, forget it. I'm never <laughs> going to succeed. So to me, that's noise that I don't pay attention to. Yeah. I'm always laser focused on what I'm going to do with my business. Definitely always moving forward. And I mean, that's really your only option to succeed. So That's exactly right. Ladies, it's been, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Ladies, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you. We are, we've been on for over an hour. We exceeded our 60 minutes. Yes, but I mean, honestly, I loved uh, talking to both of you. Very, very insightful stories. Ms. Rosa, thank you so much. Uh, it's a pleasure to know you and keep learning from you with your answers. And uh, definitely, I, we would love to work with you again. I really want to appreciate you taking time from your busy schedules. I know right now it's a little hectic everywhere, um, but I definitely appreciate it. Thank you so much, ladies. You're very welcome. Thank Letty, nice you. to meet you. Thank you, pleasure. Yes. You inspire me now. Oh, good. <laughs> good. If I can ever do anything. Yeah. I know. We, yeah. we have found our new mentor, right? <laughs> yeah. Tell the team hello. So once again, thank you so much. I hope everyone has a great day. Thank you, Ms. Rosa and Ms. Letty. Have a good one. Thank yeah. you. Uh, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.